Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Our text is in Hebrews chapter 6, and it says, We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Let me read that again. Some of you need to let that sink in. Actually, read that with me. We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Some of you need to open your Bibles right now. You need to take your ink pen or your highlighter and you need to highlight that scripture. Some of you need to open up the Bible app and you need to make sure you copy that scripture. Some of you need to post it on the window in your bathroom so you see it every morning. We who fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope of what lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. So let me ask you, who is this hope available to? We who fled to him. Now now look at that. It's not just sitting out there in la-la land, but those of us that, that pursue him, those of us that, that press into his presence, those of us that rely upon him, those of us that depend upon him, those of us that rest in the refuge of the God Almighty, for us, that hope is available. What kind of hope is it? It's strong. It's trustworthy. Now, this is a totally different type of hope than the world offers. If you remember, the definition of dictionary.com says, the feeling that what is wanted can be had. What we have available to us is so much more than a feeling. It's so much more than a, a good thought. It's strong. It's trustworthy. It doesn't leave you wandering, simply holding on to what could be, but it rests in the confident assurance of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where are you finding your hope? Is it in a relationship? Is it in the circumstances around you just hoping that they will work out as you are desiring that they do? Is your your hope resting upon your job? What happens if your job is gone? Is your hope in your family? Is your hope in the church? Or are you finding your hope in the refuge of God? Several years ago, Dr. Harold Wolf, he was a, a professor at Corn, or Cornell University, he did a study on the effects of hope in the human body. He studied 25,000 prisoners of war over an extended period of time, trying to figure out 
what effect hope had on them. What difference did hope make in these POWs? And here's what he discovered. There was one group of men to whom experienced no effect despite the brutality and the, the torture and the solitary confinement, despite all the inhumane abuse, there, were, there was one group of guys that were not affected like the others. What was the difference? What caused these men to be able to move forward? There was no post-traumatic stress syndrome. They didn't get ill. They didn't have flashbacks. They just handled life and they went on their way. And as he continued to study, the one common denominator for each of these men is that they had an extremely high level of hope. The difference, what set these men apart, what gave them an edge up, what gave them an advantage, was not a good thought was not wonderful circumstances, but the hope that they held on to. In fact, here's what he had to say. When a man has hope, he's capable of bearing incredible burdens and cruel punishment. But when hope is gone, people fall apart. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Have you found that to be true? When you've got hope in your life, it's, it's this new level of, of ability, this stance, this, this foundation. Why? Because you're not relying upon yourself any longer. You've run to the refuge of God. And in the midst of that refuge, in the midst of that shelter of the Almighty, there suddenly you find this, this new strength and this new ability, a confidence that you never had before. I want to look at two realizations very quickly of hope. Number one is this, hope is from God. Hope is from God. Look at our definition again. Hope is the expectation based on the promises of God. Hope is not built upon myself. Hope is not built upon my circumstances. Hope is not built upon my conditions, but my hope is built upon the one who holds my tomorrow. Romans chapter 15 says this. Paul is writing. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, did you grab a hold of that? He says, I pray that God, and by the way, God is the source of hope, that he will fill you partially. No, 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 no. You see, my God doesn't do things halfway. My God is a complete God. My God is an all-sufficient God. My God is a lack-nothing God. But he says that God will fill you completely to overflowing, it can't even be contained any longer, completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, look at this, look at this. So, so he says, I pray that the source of hope, God Almighty, will consume you with joy and peace as you 
trust in him. When are you trusting him? As you're running to him for refuge. And then he goes on to say, then. That word then is mightily important because it tells me that something has occurred for this to take place. It's a cause and effect situation. Do you guys remember cause and effect from school? Do you remember school? Yeah, so we had this cause and effect moment. So something's got to take place in order for something else to happen. And Paul says, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm believing that God, our source of hope, will fill you completely with all that he is. And then, and then, you will overflow with confidence, a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in other words, when you put your faith in God, Paul says, I pray that he gives you peace and joy and hope, and then you overflow with this hope. I want to remind you that God and hope cannot be separated because God is the source of hope. Here's what I've discovered of the hope of God is God is always with you. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 48, one of the names that we receive for God or understand of God is this, Jehovah Shammah. The word Jehovah Shammah means God is there. In other words, no matter where you go, God is going to be there. There's not a place that you will go. There's not a step that you take that God isn't already there. Look at this. God is there. God is there. God is here. In the good times, God is there. In the bad times, God is there. In the mountaintop moments, God is there. Today, God is here. Yesterday, God was there. Tomorrow, God will be there. In fact, he'll go before you and he'll pave a way. He'll set the course. He'll set a plan of action just for you. That's why we can have hope in him. God has a profound influence on my life as I rely upon him, as I run to him as my refuge. And this helps us to have hope because the fear of being abandoned is one of the greatest causes of hopelessness. Maybe you've been there before. Circumstances around you seem to fall apart. The, the bottom just falls out and you feel all alone nobody knows the trouble i've seen nobody knows my sorrow right all alone but paul says i pray i pray that god the source of hope will fill you so complete with his joy and his peace. And as you trust in him, then, then will that confident hope begin to well up inside of you. You see, in those moments that we rely upon God, the God that is there. Suddenly we come to the realization that we're not by ourselves. Our mind can play so many tricks on us. You're sitting in your room and maybe you're watching TV or reading and 
suddenly your mind begins to spin. Nobody's concerned about you. Nobody loves you. You're going to face this all by yourself, and suddenly hopelessness consumes you. I, I want you to know that that's a lie from the enemy. Because you've got a couple of things going for you. First off, as a believer, you have a body of believers. You have a church family. You have encountered church that loves you. Reach out to us. Call upon somebody. Extend an arm. There are some of you that can testify to that. Like, man, that helped me through that situation. But I want you to also know that more than anything else, you've got God. The battle is not yours. God says the battle is his. The victory is yours. The triumph moment is yours. As you rest in the refuge of the God Almighty, suddenly this confident hope takes over in your life. Why? Because God is there. Jehovah Shammah is there. God is there. The second is God is watching over you. Psalm 32 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Anybody in the house ever need advice from God? Yeah, because there are things in life that we just don't know what to do. And there are times in life that we really need to seek his advice. And the Bible says in the book of James, if we lack wisdom, all we've got to do is ask. And what's God going to do? He's going to give out of his abundance for you. Not grudgingly, not sparingly, but he's going to supply what you need, the answer that you need in that moment. He'll be here to advise you, to watch over you. Not only is he with us, but the Bible says he watches over us, and not just watches us, but watches over us and cares for us. Man, several years ago, and I, I know that anytime I'm talking about this topic, I bring this song up, but this song just irritates the daylights out of me. Bette Midler, many years ago, wrote a song, and in the song it says, God is watching us from a distance. I don't know what God she serves, but that's not the God that I serve. Because my God's not watching from a distance. My God is Jehovah Shammah. My God is right there. My God, every step I take, everywhere I go, my God is there in those moments that I can't walk. My God picks me up and carries me along and takes me to that, that next place. My God is always there for me. I can rest in the confident assurance because God, who knows my tomorrow, has me in his hands. He's not just watching from a distance, but he watches over you as a parent watches over its child. I know we had a couple of our teenage boys, and I'm not going to shout them out this morning, but they drove to church for the very first time by themselves Wednesday night. When they pulled in, my wife goes, should you boys call your mama and let, let her know that you made it to church? I said, we already did. See, mama was watching now for her boys. My kids, whether they know it or not, if, if they say, hey, we're going to go across town and go to McDonald's and hang out for a while, I'm tracking them on find my friend. I mean, continuously. I'm like, is my baby girl okay? Because if not, I'm going after some boy, and I'm going to give her the beat down and then ask for forgiveness. 
I'm just telling you. I told her, I said, just tell him your daddy's not afraid to go back to jail. He's never been to jail, but he's not afraid to go back. Man, I, as a parent, man, you guys have been there. Those of you that are parents, you've been there. Man, you watch out for your kids. You, they go outside to play by themselves for the first time. What do you do? I remember when Chandler was little, that boy was accident prone. I mean, he was always, I think he had like, what, four spots? One was my fault, but that's a story for another time. Because this is being recorded, so. It was an accident, by the way. But my wife so wanted to wrap that boy in bubble wrap. We were at the park one time, and he's running at the park. Why would you run to the park, right? She's like, stop running. I'm like, he's at a park. But that's what we do. We watch over our kids. We want to make sure that they're okay. Guess what? My God watches over me. My God is concerned about the details of my life. He's concerned about the morning, the midday, the evening. My God is always there. Watching over me and reaching out a tender arm. I challenge you, would you run to the refuge of the Almighty today? Would you rely upon God today? God, God is here. Our hope is found in Him. He's watching over you, caring for you. But the second realization is this. Hope is working in you. Whether you realize this or not, the hope that God Almighty has resource of, that He pours upon us, is working in you today. And Romans chapter 8 says this. And we know. Can you say that? And we and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. No matter what happens in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, God is working in me. <laughs> God's working in you. In every situation of your life, God is working on your behalf. He's ready to work in your life. Those that pursue Him, He's working with a plan and a purpose. And the most difficult question that we have to ask ourselves is, why is this happening to me? Have you asked that before? Why am I going through this? I know some of you, even today, your family has just been beat up. So many things going on. So many struggles, so many battles. Can I just challenge you? Run to the refuge of God Almighty. Run to the refuge of the God of hope. Let God speak into your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, we, many of us know this scripture for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good. They are plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will 
Listen, look at that. In those moments when you don't know where to turn, in those moments when it seems hopeless, in those moments when the bottom falls out, as you cry out to God, he says, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. In the last two sentences, he says the same thing twice. You'll find me, and you'll be, I'll be found by you. Why does he say it twice? Because sometimes we need to hear it more than once. See, when you see a purpose behind your problem, it gives you enormous hope. It gives you enormous power and ability to endure through it. And God says, I am working in your life and I have a purpose no matter what's happening, no matter what it looks like. There's a purpose behind what you're experiencing. This is what we need to know. God is doing good things in your life even when the situation is bad. Let that sink in because I only got like three amens. God is doing good things in your life even when the situation is bad. Even when I don't feel it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't understand it, even when the situation is bad, hold on to this, God is still doing a good work in your life. Romans chapter 8, we just read it. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Let's, look at, let's break the scripture apart just a little bit. Uh, the first thing that I notice in this scripture, can we see that scripture one more time, Romans 8, 28? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. A few things that I wanted to point out. Number one is we know. We know. That means we don't just wish. It means we don't just imagine. We don't just have good thoughts about. We don't just desire. We don't have false hope. It says, we know. It's a, a certainty, a, a confidence, an assurance. It's relying upon God. Take a look at this statement. Hope is not the same as optimism. It's not just a desire that something will turn out well. But hope is the certainty that something makes sense, regardless of how it turns out. Why? Because God is in control. That's the game changer right there. Because God is in control. We know I can have a confident hope. The only way that my hope can be confident is if I know. There's not a doubt in my mind that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God. Does that mean that every situation is going to be good? No. John 16, in this world, you'll have trouble. You're going to have problems. 
But we know that we know that we know that we know that Jehovah Shammah, the God that is there, is right in the middle of your situation, ready to fill you with all the hope that he has. Why? Because he is the, the sustainer of hope. He's the one that holds our hope. We can rely upon him. So we know. Number two, God causes. He's a grandmaster designer. He's the one that, that makes the plan. There's no such thing. Listen carefully. There's no such thing as fate. There's no such thing as chance or happenstance or no such thing as luck, good luck, or bad luck. There's no such thing as karma, destiny, or it just happened to fall in my lap. It's simply not true. God has a plan. We must learn to trust him completely. We know God causes next all things to work together for good. What does all things mean? Well, it means all things. Does that include illness? Yes. Does that include unemployment? Yes. Does that include failure? Absolutely unexpected accidents most certainly does that include dumb decisions that we make that harm ourselves yes all things everything fits into god's plan the good the bad the indifference the things i do the things i don't do the things i can control the things i can't control all things work together for good now notice it doesn't say, say all things are good. We've already discussed that. We're going to have problems. It doesn't say God causes all things to occur. God does not cause all things to occur. He doesn't cause rape. He doesn't cause war. He doesn't cause famine or poverty. He doesn't cause leukemia or cancer. To attribute these things to God is to turn God into some sort of a monster. And God is not a monster. God is the giver of hope. God is a God of love and compassion. But it says God causes all things to work together for good. There are a lot of things in life that are difficult to swallow. Why is this happening? I don't have time for this. This is scary. This is a frustration. Not all things in life are good. But what I do know is all things work together for good. When those elements are put together, it's, it's kind of like the elements of a cake, the ingredients of a cake. It produces an incredible cake. But you take those ingredients separately and you try to eat them, you're not going to enjoy it. Baking powder. Is anybody craving going home today and just taking a spoonful of baking powder and going, mmm, whoo, that's good stuff. Spoonful of salt. Raw eggs. These things don't, uh, oil. These things don't sound good on their own, do they? Well, you put them together, come on somebody. You put those things together, you put in the oven, you turn that oven on, and you wait patiently. 
You take it out of the oven, you put it on the counter, you let it cool off. Then you take that icing. You cut you a big slab of that cake. You grab some ice cream. You got to have ice cream. And you begin to eat. And all of that stuff that took time and all that stuff by itself didn't taste very good. But you trust the process. You wait patiently. And on the backside of all of that, how good it is. For you today, I want you to know that God wants to bake a cake in your life. He wants to take the elements of your life. He wants to take those things that, that are bitter to the taste. He wants to take those things that by themselves aren't very good. And he wants to pull them all together. He wants to create a wonderful masterpiece for you. Now, notice the qualifier of this great promise. It's not for everybody. Did you notice that? Look at this. And God causes everything to work together for who? Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God causes everything to work together for the good to those that love God, those that seek refuge in the shelter of the Almighty, those that rely upon Him, those that depend upon Him. All things do not work out for everybody. But you, if you've put your trust in God, you can rest in the assurance that Jehovah Shammah, God that is there, will be with you in the midst of your situation. It's a promise from God. You may be thinking, I, I don't understand what God is doing in my life right now. That's okay. The Bible says don't lean on your own understanding. You don't have to understand it in the midst of all of this. I don't understand how baking powder and salt and raw eggs and oil and, and flour and all these things that by themselves are disgusting. Not once have I had a desire. You know what? I want some flour. No. But I'm just telling you what, there are a lot of times I'm like, I want some cake. You don't keep this figure by not eating cake. Right? And all the full gospel men in the house said, Amen. You may not understand how the situations in your life are going to work out. It may not make any sense to you at all. God, this is a bitter situation that I'm going through right now. Lord, this is not a pleasant moment, God. I don't understand why I'm facing this. 
But if you'll let God begin to take all of those pieces and mix them together, allow God to cause everything to work together for the good of you, those that trust God, those that love God, those that are called according to his purpose, I'm here to tell you, if, if you will begin to depend upon God on the backside of this, you will find that what he has for you is so much greater than you could have ever imagined before it occurred. God's got a plan. God loves you. Will you run to him for refuge?